0: Um, it is great to worship with all of you today. Um, if this is your first time here, uh, my name is Pat Malloy. I'm the lead pastor here, and so I'm grateful to have um, all of you joining us today and spending part of your weekend uh, with us. And and if we have not had the opportunity, the chance just to connect or meet, I would love for you just to come up, um, say say hi, introduce yourself um, after service today. And I just pray that you're going to just leave encouraged this morning. Um, w- one of the things um, every Sunday morning, uh, Angel and I, we we just Prayed together, and we just ask that everybody that steps into our building today is just going to have an experience and have an encounter with God, whether that's through worship or through the message, or or maybe it's through just a, a, a warm smile and a handshake as you come in the door, or having a conversation around a, a cup of coffee. But just that you would have that experience and that encounter with with God this morning. And uh, you know, one of the things I shared a, a couple weeks ago about how every one of us we are a part of. The body of Christ. We we are a part of, of His body, and we all have a different role to play in what God is doing right here in in our in our church as well. And um, and so I, I'm just grateful for you being here, for being a part of of our church and what God is doing. And and so today we are wrapping up our series that we have been calling My Pleasure, and and we've been talking and and kind of uh, referencing Chick Fil A throughout this series, just talking about just some of the some of the I I. <laughs> See, Jeff's a fan. I like that. <laughs> but just some of their ideals about serving, about sacrifice, and about people. And in this final message, I wanted to share with you a story that I heard a number of years back that really just kind of like embedded itself in my heart. And it's something that I think about often when it comes to not just our church, but the church in general. And so in the 1990s, I don't know if any of you recall this, but Boston Market used to be called Boston Chicken. And, and, and they, you know, they, they were just this rapidly growing uh, chain and they had big aspirations. They had, they had big plans for how they were going to expand, how they were going to grow. In fact, Boston Chicken, which became Boston Market, they, they had kind of a corporate goal set that by the year 2000, they were going to be a $1 billion company. And, and so they they had made plans. They had grown and they had expanded. And and naturally, the the executives at Chick Fil A they got a little bit nervous about just the 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 expansion that was happening with Boston Chicken with Boston Market because they felt they were kind of a direct competitor with with Chick Fil A. And and so you know the conversations at Chick Fil A kind of centered around all right how do how do we grow and how do we expand as well to to make sure that that we kind of keep up with Boston markets so that we don't lose market share to them. And, and this whole thing kind of culminated in a, in a boardroom at Chick-fil-A headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and the story goes that, that Truett Cathy, who was the, the founder and CEO of, uh, of Chick-fil-A, he pounds his fist on, on the boardroom table, and, and he said something just that, that was so, I, I feel it's just full of so much wisdom. And he said, I'm sick and tired of this conversation about how we get bigger. We ought to be concentrating on how we get better. Because if we get better, our customers will demand that we get bigger. And, and, and I just, I, I just love that. I, I love that thought that Truett Cathy was sharing. And, and, and that, that whole, that statement right there kind of changed the entire conversation about what was going on at Chick-fil-A. And, and the result of this was that in the year 2000, the, the year that Boston Market decided they wanted to be a billion dollar company, Boston market actually filed for bankruptcy in the year two thousand. And for the first time ever, Chick-fil-A passed the one billion dollar mark in sales. And you, and you say, okay, so so why was that? and And I think some of it was because Boston market, they were concerned and focused on getting bigger, while chick-fil-a, their their focus, their concern was how do we get better? How do we get better and and, and so, while, it's well. It, it's tempting. It, it's tempting to like have these, these big aspirations, and, and we ought to, we ought to have those things. But but in in an effort to get bigger, sometimes we can we can forget that often we have to learn how we get better first. And and so bringing that to us here at, at Livingstones, bringing that us to us here as a church. Like there's not a pastor alive who doesn't want to see his church grow and expand in, in numbers and in influence and, and in in Christ likeness. Every pastor wants that. And and I would venture to say that every everybody who is a part of a church body, they, they want that same thing. They they want to see their their church grow and, and thrive. But if if we make getting bigger the goal, if we, if we make getting bigger the goal, if we make growth the goal, it will not stand and it will be doomed to fail. Now, I've seen this so many times like in, in the church world where, where there, there's all kinds of different like church growth conferences and books and, and programs that, that are out there. Almost having like a formula for, all right, here's how you can grow your church. Here's how you can get more people in the doors. Here's how you can get more uh, money in the bank. And there are pastors across the country that make a good deal of money selling their how-tos on how to grow your church. But if numbers is the ultimate goal, if we want to get bigger so that we can feel good, our right, hey, we, we belong to a large church. If we want to get bigger so that we feel good about the number of people that are coming or the, or the, the, the amount of, uh, of, the size of our, of our budget, that's actually a losing proposition if we focus on getting bigger instead of getting better. Like I've heard it said before that, that healthy things will grow naturally. And, that, and that's True. It, it's absolutely true, but cancer also grows naturally, and it grows rapidly, and, and so obviously not every church, not every business that, that grows rapidly and, ha- and experiences that kind of rapid growth is, is full of cancer, not, not at all, but I think it behooves us to pay attention to how do we grow, how do we grow, and a, as your pastor, I, I'm just sharing this with you, I would rather have small, steady, healthy growth over a period of time over explosive overnight growth that just uh, boom just just happens I, like I would much rather us focus on on healthy growth than on rapid growth and so how do we do that how do, how do we get better so that we can get bigger so that so that our, our size our influence our Christ likeness grows as well how do we create and foster a, a healthy congregation so that growth is just a natural byproduct of that now in, in the Old Testament the there was a prophet named Zechariah, and and he he gives kind of a, an admonition to, to a man named Zerubbabel, which which like I totally wanted to name our son Zerubbabel, and that got vetoed, that got vetoed by Angela. Like and I because I, I tried to convert, I was like, all right, like it's the best nickname ever. You call him Zebub, and and she was like, no, not not gonna happen. So we had to settle for Josiah. But but anyways. Zerubbabel, he he was kind of like in charge of. All right, as the as the Israelites were going to be heading out of captivity that they were in Babylon, heading back to Jerusalem, Zerubbabel he was kind of charged with helping to to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And and Zechariah, kind of he gives him this admonition that I think is something wise for for every single one of us to hold on to, no matter where we are in in our life and in our our journey with God. And so in Zechariah four ten. The prophet says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Like, he he reminds Zerubbabel, he's saying, don't get discouraged if it looks small right now. Don't, don't, you know, if it looks like maybe not as much progress is being made as you want, if it seems like very little difference is being made, don't get down, don't get discouraged by where things stand right now at this moment. John Maxwell, he, he's a, a, a leadership, leadership expert. He's written books and he does conferences and things like that. And, and he, he shared a, a visual about the compounding effect of starting something small but faithful. And, and he shares the story that if you had one penny and you doubled it every single day for 31 days, at, at the end of those 31 days, you would have $21,474,836.48 dollars and 48 cents. Like the, and, and you think about that, like the first few days feel very insignificant. All right, so I start with one penny, and then I have two, and then I have four, and then I have eight, and then I have 16 pennies. And you're saying, all right, this, this feels like, is this even, like, what's what's happening here? You're like, you like, you don't even hit $1,000 until day 18. But what God is saying is, don't despise the, the days of small beginnings. Because rare is the thing that just grows and explodes and thrives and flourishes overnight. But it takes consistency. It takes patience and perseverance and faithfulness. And this starts with, with us getting better before we get bigger. Getting better before we get bigger. And so, and so what does that mean? What, what does it mean for us to, to, to be better, to have a healthy church, a healthy congregation? And I was reminded of a passage that, that Jesus shared in, in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and you've heard me reference the Sermon on the Mount many times, you know, over the years that I've been here. And, and honestly, like it, it's something I, I think that every believer, every follower of Jesus probably ought to read through the Sermon on the Mount maybe a few times a year because what Jesus has to say in there is, is so uh, wide ranging and and challenging to those of us who are followers of Jesus that that I think it would be wise for us just to to remind ourselves of what it does Jesus say it actually looks like for us to be his followers, to be his disciples. But, but in this passage, Jesus is, is he's actually addressing false prophets. He's addressing false prophets, but the logic and the example that he gives is actually applicable into so many different situations that we find ourselves in. And so in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Jesus is speaking. He says, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them, by their fruit that is by the way they act can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit a good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit so every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire yes just as you can identify a tree by its fruit so you can identify people by their actions now, Jesus, like I said, he's talking about false teachers here and how you can identify a false teacher by the fruit that they produce. And, and while, he, while he's addressing this, this subject of this idea of false teachers, this teaching and this principle, I think, is, is a virtually universal principle that we can apply in our lives, that, that we can see what's really going on by observing the fruit that's there. We can tell whether something is healthy or unhealthy by looking at the fruit that it produces. And we can say that about churches too. Like, what is the fruit that a church is producing? Like, are we producing the fruit of the spirit? What what, what Paul writes in Galatians chapter five? He says, The fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such there is no law. Like, like, are we a church that is loving and joyful and full of peace? Are we a church that's patient with one another? where we're kind, and we're good, and we're gentle, and, and we're full of self-control. And, and I by no means want to bash other churches whatsoever, but I've been a part of other churches, and I've seen other churches that, that are bigger, that are seeming to grow, seeming to have a large influence, and they're completely lacking in those nine, or at least some of those nine, fruits of the Spirit as well. To go back to that quote, the truth, Kathy, that I shared at the very beginning, that, it, that if we get better, our customers will demand that we get bigger. And obviously, like, the church is not a business. The people who come and attend or are a part of our, our church family are not our customers. But if we do want to grow numerically, if we want to grow spiritually, if we want to grow in influence, if we want to grow in Christ-likeness, we have, to, we, have to, we have to get better. We have to get better at how we carry out our mission that God has given us to minister to the south side Of south bend here like we we have to become a healthier congregation a a healthy a healthy church that that exhibits those nine fruits of the spirit and and some of that comes from what we've talked about so far in this series as well that having a a culture of service of participation of sacrifice of involvement and engagement that's part of being a healthy it's part of being a better church in fact i would i would say it like this and if you're taking notes i'd encourage you to write this down That I think that we need to engage or re-engage as a church. That every one of us that that's a part of our our Livingstones church family, that we either need to engage or re-engage as a church. Like if we're going to grow, if we're going to be effective, if we're gonna be a source of light and sharing the good news, every one of us we we need to engage or re-engage as a church. And, and the word engage, I was looking it up, means to participate, to get involved with, to interconnect and mesh together. Like if, if we're not involved, if we're not participating, if we're not a part of the life of the church, man, it's time. It's time to be, for us to engage with our church family, to to do what we've been talking about in this series, to to rise up and, and be that Gideon, to go in the strength that, that we do have, to to be that, that part of the body and, and functioning in the way that, that God has created us to be, to, to find that sweet spot and to live it out. Or maybe, maybe you were once involved. Maybe you, you used to serve, you used to participate in the life of the church, and for one reason or, not, or another, maybe you've stepped away. Maybe you got busy, kids, you know, activities, COVID happened, and, and you just got disconnected. Maybe you got tired or burnt out or hurt somewhere along the line. And, and I, wa- I want to challenge you. I, like, I believe it's time to re-engage as a church because we all have a part to play in the story that God is writing. We all have something that we bring to the table. Even if we don't think we have something to offer. Remember what we talked about in week one, that our not enough plus God will always be more than enough. That we all bring something to the table. We all have a gift that God has given to us. In fact, Peter wrote about this in his first epistle. He was given this admonition to the church. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Peter says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies, and then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Like And do you see how Peter started that section? He said, God has given each of you a spiritual gift from his, from his great variety of of spiritual gifts. God, God has given every single one of us in this room a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. They, like there was nobody that was left out. Not a single person was left out when God was distributing his gifts. Like I, you think of like Christmas on, on Christmas morning. Like there was nobody that got passed over. Nobody got coal in their stocking. But God, but God had, God gave every single one of us a gift, and he says, all right, I want you to use it well. Use it well to serve one another. And, and when you do that, when, when you take that gift that God has given to you and you use it to be a blessing and to serve others, it glorifies God. It brings honor to, to Him. Like there's something that God has put in, put inside of every one of us, a gift, a passion, and an ability that He wants you to use for His glory. Last week, I shared about how Michelle Baird-Heaton, that, that Angela had asked her about serving in kids, and she said, yeah, you know, like serving with kids, it's not necessarily my gifting. That, that's not my area. And she went to Trail Point, the assisted living home, just a mile and a half from here, and how God used her just to be present and just to minister to one of the residents that were there. And just what a, what a powerful time that was of God just being present in, in their midst, that, that kids might not be Michelle's gifting. But sharing and loving the elderly certainly is. Like, that's her wheelhouse. That's her sweet spot. And two, two weeks ago, we, we talked about how the, the metaphor that Paul gave about the church being the body of Christ. And every single one of us, we're, we're a different part. We're a different member of that body. And that as, as the different parts, we all have a different function. We all have a different thing that we that we bring to the body as a whole and he Paul uses this metaphor again in Romans chapter 12. And I want to read to you just a, a couple of verses here from Romans 12 starting in verse 4. And Paul writes he says just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with Christ's body. This is the same thing he was writing to the Corinthian church. We are all or excuse me we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, then teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, then give generously. If God has given you, the le- given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And when we do that, not only, not only is God honored, but people get to see and they get to experience the love of God through us. When we take the giftings that God has, has placed inside of us, the way He's wired us, the things that, that He's put inside of us to do, and when we do that, when we share it freely and willingly and generously, not only is God honored, but people get to see and experience God. We, we talked last week about letting your light shine, being salt and being light. And when we are operating as a church, when we're operating as the body of Christ and we're letting our light shine so that others can see our good works and, and glorify and bring honor to our, our Father in heaven, that's what happens. And so I I, I wanted to, I, we're going to do something a little bit different right now. I've asked a few people to come up and just kind of briefly share their experience of stepping forward in, in the gift that God has given to them and and ultimately, like, where have they seen God moving? Where have they seen God at work in the areas that they're involved with? And, and so I'm, I'm going to call them to come up and just kind of share just for, for a brief moment or two just what God is up to and how God has been using their gifting and, and their, you know, their act uh, of service just to, to to bring glory and honor to God. And so um, Tom, Tom Guerin is going to be the first one. I'm going to ask Tom just to come up here for just a moment. If you wouldn't just, if you wouldn't mind just sharing with... oh you want to use that one we'll use that one instead
1: testing testing okay Um, so uh, when Pat asked me to share um, kind of what my experience has been in the last eight or nine months uh, especially with the seismic group on Sunday nights um, there's really three things that I thought of um, that were areas where I've seen God through this ministry and it might not be exactly uh, the things that you would think of so Um, First of all, I have to say, you all raised some amazing young adults uh, in this church because uh, I know looking back at myself at 16 and 17 years old, I wasn't half as mature as some of these young people are. So um, that has really been a blessing to me in my life, just getting to know your young people and everything that that they do and the conversations we get to have on Sunday nights. So that's one area where I've seen God. Uh, And the second area is um, how generous my wife is uh, by giving me up on Sunday evenings um, I know that it's really not easy because we have two young kids, and so she's been an amazing blessing to to this ministry too. Um, and she's actually homesick uh, on her birthday today. so but um, but anyway, uh, number three was um, really the little contributions that that I'm able to make to the ministry add up to bigger things. Um, so I'll be honest, I do not know how to plan a Halloween party um, that has almost nothing to do with me, but I can show up and stack chairs and take out the trash and, move things around and carry heavy things as needed. Um, I'm kind of the grunt work person. Uh, And it's great to see how all of the volunteers for Seismic really make the events happen uh, in different ways. So David, the enforcer, making uh, sure that people stay in line and like Mallory, uh, helping to plan fun activities and Sarah has such a great uh, connection with the young students and, and Kyle, just being himself, um, and uh, so I think uh, it's just great to see how God uses all of our really small contributions to add up to, to bigger activities, and um, just to, to be a resource for these young people, and so, yeah, that's been my
0: experience. I, I appreciate that, Tom, thanks, thanks. very much, and, and it is. <laughs> it is cool to see, like like Tom was alluding to, like exactly that, that God has placed, those different parts together and everybody has those different abilities that help the ministry move forward. I'm, I'm going to ask Katie Kosak, would you be willing to, to come on up and, and share for a moment? I asked Katie just to kind of share about the, the group that her and her husband, Lowell, um, lead on Monday nights, if, if you would. Thank you, ma'am.
2: Hi, as Pat said, my name is uh, Katie Kosak and I love you all. You are my people. <laughs> just had to say it. Uh, Anyway, um, I just wanted to uh, talk about uh, my husband and I do a uh, Monday night uh, group with uh, college students and Young adults, and we call it dinner and discussion. But before we get into that, I'd like to, for you all just to do one thing for me. Uh, I'd like for you all quickly, well, not quickly, but uh, on the count of three, we're going to take a deep breath in and then we're going to take a deep breath out, okay? So please do this with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Deep breath in and then out. Ooh, do you feel better? I feel better. <laughs> But what I'm getting at with that is that um, sometimes we get uh, we get weary, and uh, I get weary, and uh, it is nice to go someplace for an hour, an hour and a half, and just be somewhere, and to take that moment to just breathe in, breathe out, and to listen, and that's a... a and that's what my husband and I do with Monday nights. Uh, on Monday nights with college students and young adults. Uh, you come, you eat food, and it's a safe place. You sit in the living room, and you can have your opinions and know that it's a safe place. And it's a moment just to breathe in and breathe out. And it's a moment for me just to breathe in and breathe out because I'm receiving something from them also. I've been a lover of discipleship for 33 years. And... Uh... It just means a lot to me, and I receive something out of it. And, uh, like, I see my buddy Celeste, and I love you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just being a part of any type of group it's just been amazing. And so I encourage you to uh, be a part of a group. Thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah. Katie and... Uh For for those college age students, young adults, Katie and Lowell's group meets on Monday nights at their house. So make sure you you go out of your way find Katie and Lowell. Um, they, they, their group kind of coincides with the the school semester as well, and so they're like their group is already kicking off. So make sure you find Katie after service and and connect with her. I'm going to ask Andrew Albright if you'd be willing to to come up. Um, Andrew serves not only with our our Kickstarter or Kickstart students, Um, but he also volunteers over at Monroe as being a mentor with some of the students at Monroe. And I just asked Andrew if he'd be willing just to share his experience about that.
3: So it's been kind of an interesting experience. Uh, When Meredith got up here and talked about wanting to get started uh, partnering with Monroe with the mentoring program, I wasn't really sure what all that was going to entail. So I volunteered, I went and met with the assistant principal over there and found out that she also didn't know what that was going to entail. So uh, it's been very interesting to kind of figure things out as we go along. Um, Just meeting with the boys once a week. Uh, There are six boys. I have three from uh, two different classes, so I meet with them. And just taking time to get to know them and just kind of let them know that somebody cares about them. Um, Just trying to figure out what that's going to look like as we go forward. And it wasn't until, I think, the probably a few weeks in, uh, that it was a particularly difficult day. Just they were very unruly and hard to to focus. And as we were going back to the class, one of the boys that was the most challenging probably of them just looked at me as we walked back and just said, are you coming back next week? And it, it just hit me that all they need is for someone to show them that they care. To show up every every week and be reliable and show them that somebody has their best interest at heart. Just give them a chance to talk, and that's what we do. We just we go, "How's your week? How are things going?" Uh, generally, they're very energetic, but you know, it it's a good experience for them just to have someone in their life, especially a guy that can just be there for them when they need it. And I would recommend anybody that has time to volunteer. They've got more kids than they have people that they can partner with. Um, so you know, if that's something that you're interested in, I definitely recommend giving it a shot. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew.
0: Thank you. And now I ask Tim Jennings, would you be willing to come up? Tim, uh, he Tim has led. A circle community group in the past, but he also uh, helps run our camera in the back. And, and often Tim kind of serves behind the scenes. I also just asked him just to share just kind of a little bit about that, about where he's seen God, even, even in the behind the scenes things too. So
4: so I'm an extrovert and I like people and I don't understand introverts. <laughs> so hopefully uh, ride with me here. Um, great are you Lord, right? Who got moved by that this morning? Amen. All right. Who's ever teared up during worship? I'm going to admit that I've cried many a times here. All right? And who's ever really felt where Pat, the Holy Spirit, is talking to him directly to you? It's like laser-guided message to you during these sermons. All right. So when Pat asked me, how is God working behind the scenes? I instantly said, sure, I'll get up there and talk. I don't no problem, but I didn't exactly know how to explain it, how to describe how he's working. So let me tell you a little story real quick. During COVID, right, the time that we needed the Lord the most, the time when we were broken as a community, broken as a church, somebody thought it was a good idea to stick an iPhone in the middle of these first couple of rows and make that connection to every one of us again. Now, it was the worst audio, the worst video. <laughs> and I'm not a super technical person. I play engineer by day, but um, I know I had troubles connecting at home. And then it evolved to uh, getting the family around the couch in the basement, you know, and the big screen that's reserved for football on Sundays, but, <laughs> and uh, getting them to, to serve, getting them to be a part of the church again through an iPhone. And so we tried to do a little communion thing where we were breaking bread and we were losing, uh, losing faith a little bit. And then the call out came as we started coming back to church uh, from Jim and said, hey, is anybody interested in running video? And I said, yeah, sure, me. I don't have a clue how to run video. I wasn't part of the AV club at, at uh, high school, although my daughter thinks I'm a dork. But... I thought, why not? How can we share our talents to prove out how great our Lord is? And so we started shooting and working behind the scenes, going back to the tearing up, all right? Going back to Kyle's little moment this morning, that is what's special. So to me, it's if we can make the connection, it's not about serving at home in your PJs or, um, you know, trying to relate to the Lord uh, indirectly, it's about making the connection. Maybe it's you're sick that week, maybe it's you, you're injured, maybe it's somebody that hasn't connected in a while, right? Maybe it's somebody that just needs a hug um, through the TV screen. And so, behind the scenes, we try to capture that. And I'll give you a couple of examples. There was a week or two ago, when I was back behind the camera, um, I could see the band, right? I could see the band having, fun during worship and just connecting as a group, smiling while they were singing. There wasn't this nervous you know, terror in their eyes. It was this love for preaching for our Lord. So that's, that's, that's really what uh, our group does through the sound, through the video, through the slides. So anyone that wants to join, Paul does an excellent job putting it all together, come, come join us.
0: Yeah, absolutely, thank you, Tim. And and I and I love that. I, I love like as 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 pastor I get to hear some of these stories. I get to hear the winds of like how God has shown up in in small little ways. You know, I, I get I get to hear about, you know, somebody who like Tim was saying, somebody who was stuck at home, but they got to, to they got to watch the message. They got to participate as, as a member of the church, even though they could not be here on that particular day. I get to hear some of those stories like like Andrew shared this morning. And but it's important for the rest of our church family to hear those as well, for us to celebrate together, for us to see where God is moving and where God has been at work. And, and just as I shared last week about Michelle at Trail Point, like we, need to, we need to share those, those victories. We need to share those wins with one another, not, just, not, a, not as a way of bringing attention to ourselves, but a way of, of celebrating the goodness of God like in, in the midst of, of the work that that, that, he's, that we're partnering with Him to do that God has been faithful, he's showing up, he's doing these things. And, and so this year, that, that's one of the things I'm endeavoring to do, is get better at sharing our stories, get better at sharing, all right, what is it that God has been up to? How can we encourage and, and share those, those wins and those victories with one another, that we need to be able to encourage each other with those as well. But as I wind down here, I, I'm, what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to be a little bit bold here, and I'm going to ask something of you. Two, two weeks ago, in, in week two of our series. I closed by asking everybody, and I, I made a challenge. I said, would you be willing to pray? Would you be willing to pray about what part do you play in the body of Christ? Like, what, what, is, what is your unique gift that, that you contribute, that you bring to the table? Like, what, what, where is it that you can be a part of the story that God is writing? And I, and I shared a few moments ago that, that I truly believe it, it's time for us to, to in, either engage or re-engage as a church. Because we all, like I said, we all have something that we bring to the table. We all have something that we contribute. Even if, you know, we all have a gift that God has given to us, just as Peter wrote. Like, and some of those things might be here at the church. Some of them might be somewhere else. It might be at your place of work. Andrew was talking about over at Monroe. But what is that thing? I want to ask you, what is that thing that God has put inside of you? Where can you serve? Where can you be a part? Where can you participate in the work that God is doing? And for some of you, you might already know that and already be doing it, and, and praise God for that. Like, like, I was thinking about it, like, Melissa Hardy, like, she's one of our amazing volunteers, helps out with our toddler and pre-Ks on, on Sunday. She helps out with Kickstart on, on Wednesday nights. Like, I mean, she is, like, she's in her sweet spot a couple a little while back maybe a couple months ago I asked Sherry Eddy I said hey what would you think about sharing communion comments and she was like no nope. <laughs> absolutely not because being up in front of people was not is not her it's not her gifting it's not her thing but man she kills it back there running the camera she's back there today and and so maybe maybe you know what that thing is maybe you're already already serving and already operating in that but but for some of you maybe maybe you know what it is but you've sat on the sidelines a bit too. Maybe, maybe you, you used to serve or you used to participate and, and now you've just been out for a while. Or, or maybe, maybe you know what your gifting is, but you've never acted on it. You've never stepped forward. Like, and maybe that's from fear or, or insecurity. For some of you, maybe you have no clue at all. You say, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I bring to the table. I don't know what my, what my part in the story that God is writing. And all those things are great. It's okay. I'm thankful for, for every single one of them. But but here's where I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to ask you to take a risk. And I'm going to ask you to trust me. Like, I, I'm going to ask you to take a step out of your comfort zone. And if you can put the the email screen up or uh, image up, and you, you can... You can either you can take a, a picture of this or you can just memorize it. Like it's fairly easy. Pat at livingstones.cc or Katie at livingstones.cc. But I'm I'm asking, would you be willing to reach out this week to either myself or or to Katie and just kinda and just kind of share where where do you see yourself participating in the work that God is doing? like I said, maybe maybe you're serving already and you're already engaged and you're already, you know, a part of the life of the church. Hey, email us and just let us know. Say, man, like I am serving in the nursery and I love it. I love holding babies. I, I love being there with our little ones. Like, I, I want you just to reach out and just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm passionate about it. And, 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 I'm, and I'm there. I'm, I'm in that sweet spot. Maybe you're serving and you're engaged, but you hate what you're doing. Like, I want you to email us and let us know. Like, I and, and I'm being serious about that. Like, if the smell of coffee turns your stomach, and you're brewing coffee or serving coffee on a Sunday morning, like I don't want you to do that. Like, I I want you to love. What your thing is. I want I want you to, I want, you know, like that, that thing that you do where it's not a chore and it's not like, oh, I guess I got to serve. No, like I, I want you to absolutely love it. And so if you're serving in an area and, and maybe there was a need and somebody asked you once, but you just don't enjoy that, there's no problem in that. I want, I want you to reach out. I want you just to let us know because I want you to find what what is that thing that brings you joy or, or maybe you've been disengaged. And you used to be a part, and you used to serve, and you used to participate. And for one reason or another, you've been on on the sidelines. Or maybe you've been here for a little while, and you've never really gotten plugged in. You've never really gotten engaged. Like, would you be willing to take a step? Would you be willing to to be involved, to be engaged? Like, I'm asking, would you email either Katie or myself this week and just let us know? Let us know, like, all right, where do you see yourself? And if you don't know what that is reach out anyways, because we would love to have, like, I want to put your mind at ease. Like, you reaching out to us, you're not going to be thrown onto a team and thrown onto a schedule next week. Like, I I want this to be the start of a conversation. I I want us just to to be able to engage and and hopefully just, you know, like, it's not a commitment that you're making, but it's intended to start a conversation. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't want to tell you what your next step here at Living Stones is. I don't want to tell you where you need to serve or where you need to participate or where you need to engage. Because ultimately, I want God to stir your heart about that. I want you to live out that thing that God has put inside of you. And everybody's engagement is going to look different. Everybody's engagement is going to be different because we're all at different spots. We all have those different giftings. You know, like, like I've I've said, if, if you're one of those people that you've been here for a little bit and you've hung out on the fringes, and and some weeks you're here and some weeks you you stay at home and and you sleep in, like maybe your next step is say, you know what, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to be here every Sunday. Or maybe if you've never really gotten participated in the life of the church, maybe maybe your your level of engagement and, and participation is you're going you're going to be a part of of a group, a circle community when they start up in a couple weeks. Maybe if you've not come to, you know, we did the lunches on the lawn and, and the decor days and some of those activities. Maybe that next step for you is, hey, you're going to participate. You're going to be here. Or maybe you're not serving anywhere. And as we've talked about it over these last couple of weeks, you just want to learn more about a, a particular ministry or opportunity. I like I want you to reach out. Let us know. It's not a commitment. It's the start of a conversation. Or maybe God's been stirring something inside of you. Something you've been thinking about for a while. and Maybe it has nothing to do with the church at all. But just something like, man, th- this is a need that I see at my place of work. Th- th- this is something I want to do. I want to be a part in. And I don't see anybody doing it. Like, I, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about it. Maybe you feel led to, to lead a circle community group. Like Ephesians 4.12 says that that one of my jobs as a pastor and as a leader is to equip the saints for works of service, not necessarily to prepare the saints to keep the church fully staffed and functioning and running. Like we, we need that. We want that. But ultimately, like I want you to pursue that thing that God has put in your heart to do. In 1 Peter 4, he said that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So what's your gift? What's that thing that you bring to the body of Christ? That space, that area that you can participate in the life of the church, where you can either engage or re-engage. Like, what's your next step here at Livingstones? Stones? So I'm just going to be bold. I'm just going to ask, would you be willing to, to email myself or Katie this week? And we'll reach out. We'll have a conversation. With you, like I, I, because ultimately, like I want, I want to see our. This comes back to the truett Kathy quote at the beginning. That instead of focusing on getting bigger, we need to focus on getting better, and and we get better by everybody engaging, everybody being a part. So like like our church body is not going to be healthy, and it's not going to be functioning like it ought to, if ev- if everyone is not is not fully engaged, it's not fully participating. That we all do our part, and when we get better, when we get better, we're going to get bigger—not not just numerically bigger. We're gonna we're going have bigger influence. We're gonna grow in Christ likeness. We're gonna grow in, in in and prayerfully we do in in numbers two, but just in in the reach and the impact that our church can have when we get better. When everybody is a part, everybody's engaged. We're going to get bigger but not just numerically, but in God want, what God wants to do. And so would you be willing to bow your heads? I would just want to pray for us right now that, Lord, we, God, we love you so very much. And thank you, God, for the way that you operate and move and, and the way that you love and, and serve us, Lord, the, the things that you bring to, to mind, the things that you've put inside of our hearts and the way that you have stirred each one of us, Lord, the, the way that you have put this team, this church, this body together. Lord, I ask that you would just help our church family to, to be bold to do to maybe do something different, step out of their comfort zone to find their place in in what it is that you've called us to do and and Lord, ultimately we we want to celebrate. We want to celebrate your goodness. We, we want to celebrate your faithfulness. The way that you have have moved and done things in in our church family and in in the lives of those around us. So God, we We just yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to you, not not our will. God, we want your will to be done in our lives. And I pray that you would help our church family, Lord, that that we would get better. And ultimately, not just bigger numerically, but that we would get bigger in our influence in sharing you with those around us. Lord, that's our aim. That's our desire. That's our goal. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
5: Good morning, church. Uh, last week, Pat talked to us about kindness and those moments of kindness in our life that seemed to come just at the right time at the right moment. And he shared the story about Michelle and, and how she worked with the lady at the nursing home and impacted her so deeply at just the right time and just the right moment. And I think we all probably have those stories that we can share in our lives where someone came around when we needed them the most. I'm a big fan of inspirational quotes. My office is full of them. I have Pinterest boards galore for them. Uh, For food, for running, for love, for faith, for just about everything. But what good are they if I don't put them into action? I'm only feeding myself and I'm not feeding others. I'm a runner. I think Pat has shared that before. I live for the long runs. And I can't tell you how many times during a run that someone's words of encouragement, good job, high five, looking strong, has got me to the finish line and has fed me as I'm racking up those miles. But I can also share that my cup overflows when I share those same words of encouragement with someone else, someone who is struggling, someone who has lost their smile, or someone who is fighting a battle or a war that we know nothing about. So, whether you are in mile one or mile 24, or if you are in day one or day 365, hearing those words and knowing that you are seen, loved, and accepted can make the difference in your day and your world. My point is don't wait for someone to fill your cup. Let go of unrealistic expectations that you can't be nice to everyone and that there has to be something in it for you first. Fill others and you will be rewarded ten times over. Proverbs 11.25 shares with us that a generous person will prosper, but whoever refreshes others will too also be refreshed. How many times have we read about Jesus being generous to others and he expects nothing in return? He heals the sick, he feeds the hungry, he loves his enemies, and he even loves those who sin against him. You see, Jesus isn't asking anything from us that he doesn't already give us. So what I'm asking of you and what I heard from all of our our church family this morning is the word be intentional. So go out this week and bless others. Compliment a stranger. Give someone your smile. Tell someone good job. And let them know that they have a God that is crazy in love with them. And I promise you that you too will be refreshed and rewarded. We practice an open communion here at Living Stones, and I welcome you to the table. So please join us. Let, Let me pray first. Father, lead us this week. Help us be aware of moments where our kindness, our actions, and our generosity can make a difference. Teach us to love like you do. Show us how to love like you love us. And thank you for your love and kindness. Bless this communion and those who receive it. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.